Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc., whose purpose is to create a brighter future with bold representation from underrepresented youth so we can realize the full potential of every one of us. Alfred Ojuku joins us on today's show. He's the co-chair of Blacks at Microsoft and an accomplished technology professional. We're so glad to learn a little bit about his work. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Leah from 389X in the Bronx. Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Leah Winter. I'm an eighth grader, New York Edge participant at Bronx Global Learning Institute for Girls. My favorite food is oxtails, rice and peas. I acknowledge my Hispanic and Caribbean culture. My mother is Puerto Rican. My dad is Jamaican. I like to help others and to help them reach their goals. And I'm an honorable student and I take my education seriously as my dream job is a stockbroker, which I'm interested in economics and finance. Wow, Leah, you have quite a future ahead of yourself. Leah, who are we going to be interviewing today? We're going to be interviewing Alfred Ajuku. Well, I don't want to wait any longer. Alfred, welcome to today's show, and thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Leah, what's your first question for Alfred? My first question is what inspired you to do the job that you're doing now? Uh, Thank you, Leah, for asking that question. Most people might not know this, but I'm a little bit old school, but I have been a computer junkie from as long as I can recall the first time I put my hands in the computer in my first year in college. And ever since then, I've had an excitement for figuring out how it works. When I went off to college, I was given a computer as, you know, part of my full ride scholarship. And again, everybody's qualified for some sort of scholarship in college and they gave me a computer. So once I had that computer, I was the only one in my dorm room that had a computer. And so all of my friends and colleagues would come over to my room and, you know, they'd want to play video games. They'd want to learn how to do, you know, documents and they'd always want to use my computer. So I had to really make sure that I could like loan out the time to learn about computers. But with that, I I also became really good at working on computers and being able to help them do their assignments and homework assignments. And therein was where I kind of started falling in love with it. I even learned how to take it apart and put it back together on my own. Those sort of experiences really grow on an individual. And over time, you learn how to become an expert on different areas. And as I've kind of matured, it's become sort of the backbone of what I do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So my excitement has really been realizing that knowing that technology is what shapes our future. And it is a thing that will help us be more efficient at what we do. And knowing that I'm helping people to be more intelligent about how computers can be of benefit is kind of why I've fallen in love with it. That's nice. It was cool how you was able to manage the computer, like have time for yourself, but to also have time for your friends and other people. Like, that's how like everyone should do it, like how to manage their time properly and not spend so much time on 
one thing and they have multiple things to do. And that's right. I think the other thing that we start to see is that there's so many distractions. Now, computers, when I was younger, wasn't like everyone didn't have one. It wasn't a big deal. Now, today, you know, by the time you're three years old, you have a phone and you know how to text your cousin or your sister that lives down the street. And so it's not a surprise that people have learned how to use computers and phones and all these technologies. In fact, it's probably more of a distraction for many people, especially with all the social media available. Sometimes people get home and they're just going through all of their Instagrams and their, you know, their Twitters and checking messages. And the secret for me, and obviously what I would share with others is you've got to find something that you're passionate about and then zone in on how do I get good with it? A good example is, you know, somebody has to write the code to make sure Instagram works. Somebody has to write the code to make sure that you can communicate and call your family members or your friends on the phone. And there were smart people that did that. So my challenge is, how do I get smart young people to figure out how to do new and innovative things that are equivalent of that? so that it becomes a trend in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Like how you want to have the new generation to be able to involve everyone's future. Like how generations pass over time, like no things invented, no things like destroyed. Like I could see that you wanted a new generation to involve our generation now. Yeah. Yep. That's the goal. And making sure that they understand why it's important. It's not going anywhere. Computers aren't going to disappear. Technology isn't going to disappear. Innovation isn't going to disappear. In fact, we started, we're starting to get even deeper into it. If you've heard of the concept of artificial intelligence, and for those that don't know what artificial intelligence is, it's the idea that the computer systems or the programs that we use are getting much smarter around how it calculates information for you. For example, you might use it to figure out where you want to go on vacation in two weeks, and it'll give you all the different places you can go, how much that place costs, how you're going to get there, and then allow you to choose the one that people most likely would go on vacation with. Artificial intelligence is that next level of smart computing that over time you'll see that make things easier for us and challenging in the sense that we are going to rely on it to be the thing that does what we need it to do. But the truth is we need people that can program those things. And that's why it's important to stay in that space. Mm -hmm. Since you're a person in technology, what parts of that journey did you find the most challenging and the most difficult to overcome? The part that was most challenging is, you know, when I first got into technology, everything looked like a foreign language. If you've ever looked at, you know, Mandarin or Hebrew, when you first see the language, you think, oh, I don't know what that is. It's all coded and it does looks kind of funny. And so, you know, I myself would sometimes get frustrated because I would wonder, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to figure this out. But I had to learn how to slow down, read one letter at a time, understand what that letter is, and then translate it in my head into what that code means. And so from a learning perspective, many people are constantly trying to figure out how everything works really quickly without kind of stepping back and asking ourselves, what are the things that I need to learn to get there? So 
I call it the crawl, walk, run approach. You've got to figure out how to crawl. You got to read one letter at a time, and then you've got to, you know, read one line at a time, and then you can read a whole book at a time. So for me, that was the challenging part is wanting to know so much so quickly without realizing that it takes time to get good at what you want to do. That's for like anyone to learn a new language, for example, like they would want to learn a language or anything, but they will have to take the learning steps and the basic of everything and to not be so fast paced with it and to take your time and it will come over mm-hmm. and to understand it. Yeah, exactly. And so that that is a secret. Learning how to take your time and not rush through things is what I typically challenge people to figure out. And once they do that, things just come up a lot easier. Mm-hmm. How about you? I mean, what are the things that you see as challenges for you? The most challenging for me is probably cooking because I would see my parents, my grandmothers, my grandpas, and my sister's brothers cooking. But as I see them cooking, it looks so easy for me to cook, but it's not really because mm-hmm. I will have to grab a cooking book and will have to read the steps and do everything, measure, like having to grab a measuring cup and the utensils to measure the ingredients so it to come out perfect. But as I'm doing that, it won't come out perfect, but the more I do it, it will start to be better and it will just take practice and time and like patience. Interesting. Since you're the president of Microsoft, what is your favorite product that has been released and how is it your favorite? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not the president of Microsoft, although that would be nice to feel like I was. I am the what we call the chairperson of our Black and African-American community called Blacks at Microsoft, affectionately known as BAM. We call ourselves BAM, right? So I'm responsible for managing the Black employees resource groups within Microsoft. My day job is I work on different devices like the Surface device, you know, everything from a 10 inch device to an 84, 85 inch TV looking type of device. So for, you know, by default, my favorite product is the Surface device that I typically share with customers. I work specifically in healthcare. So I'm just, you know, usually trying to show them the value of why these devices matter and how we can adopt it within their space. To me, that's my favorite. I know some people would say, oh, what about the Xbox? And what about the HoloLens? And But I like devices, again, goes back to my interest in computers and my familiarity with how programs work on the device itself. So how other people view technology as really cool and you could play games, but... Technology is not really all about that. Just like games, you could use technology as a way of safety. Mm-hmm. Like how my parents, we would say like a talk and we were discussing about safety and about me traveling home and back from school. So I would download Life360 as a source of technology to help know where all of us are and we could stay protected so we can make sure that we're all safe and we know where we are. 
I always say that technology is within everything we do from the street lights to speeding capabilities to being able to track how fast somebody's going when they pass a certain location. I mean, we've all seen police officers who are using the radar guns to, to check what's happening to Google Maps, which basically maps out where people can see the streets visually and know exactly where they are. The technology and devices will be a part of society as long as we allow it to be. And it'll help us be better at what we do as a human race. So I agree, you know, those exposures that you have is, is important as well. Mm-hmm. Last question. What skills did it take to become like gun professional in technology? Like what college degree, what skills you had to master to know? Great question. So we talk about skills and I'm just going to list it out here. Math. You got to know math, math, whether it's calculus or whether it's geometry, you've got to make sure you're really good at math. Do I sit around and do math calculations all day? No, I don't. But it's good that I can sum up different solutions and value points for customers. The second thing that you want to be able to do is reading. And we always say reading is fundamental. It's a requirement that we expect people to have. And I spend a lot of time with customers on writing up documentation, again, writing as well. And I'm kind of giving you the basics, but they're all part of what we do. I think sometimes people overcomplicate what you need to know. Communication is also another skill, right? How do you communicate? How do you speak out? How do you present yourself? How do you have full conversations with people when you know that what you're bringing to them is of value? And that communication is the key aspect of that. The other piece I would say is being able to kind of manage your emotions, because there's going to be days when you're working with people and what they're doing may frustrate you and what you're seeing happen may not be the best solution for you to consider. And you want to be able to know how to take a deep breath and look at the situation from a different view and address it in a way that makes sure that everyone does better. And again, managing your emotions. You may not see that today. Sometimes somebody may make you upset in school because they took your pencil or they're looking over your shoulder to get some answers. And so think about what your alternative, what you can do to sort of make sure that doesn't become an issue. Maybe move to another seat somewhere. Maybe, you know, give them an extra pencil and make sure you have one for them. Maybe have a conversation with them and say, you know, I know that, you know, you may not know the answers on these questions, but maybe we can study together and I can teach you a few things. So really problem solving is also part of what I think are valuable lessons that I think have I've held on to. And then understanding how people work. People work in different styles. Some people like to be visual. Some people like to only talk via phone. Some people like to have you write and send an email before they do something. So that communication style is also a key skill that you may or may not be taught in school, but indirectly you learn it because it's an important thing to make a difference in what you do. Mm -hmm. I can mostly agree on the emotions part. As for me... For my classmates, for what they do, it's harder for me to control my emotions. And especially with anger and being frustrated, like how someone could say something and you don't like how they said it or what they said, it might be hard, especially if it's something personal that like you didn't want nobody to find out or know about. 
Making motions are like one of the most hardest things I could say, like everyone struggles with. Yeah, and that's the key is to learn how to manage your emotions when things get tough. You know, when it's always say when the tough get going, the going get tough. But also I say be empathetic, be understanding of what people are going through, be compassionate, you know, be curious, right? So there's so many different things that you learn how to do and continue to practice, be humble. These are little things that people need to be able to do and that will help them get through many of their challenges, you know, throughout their career in what they do and also help them get really good jobs. <laughs> Alfred, thank you so much for being with us today and for giving us your time. We ask all our guests the same question at the end of the show. If you could give advice knowing what you know now to your 13-year-old self, what advice would you give? I love that question. My 13-year-old self. The advice I would give to myself is, you got this. You've got this. Keep going. You know, you may not see it now, but there's a whole planet out there waiting for you. And I would look myself in the eye and say, I need you to remember this. Go write it down right now. And to me, that would be the most powerful advice. And if you ever have a question, and again, this is me still talking to myself. If you ever have a question, stop, pause, and process. Well, Alfred, it's been such a joy to have you on the show today. And Leah, thank you for your insightful questions. And I want to thank you both for being with us today. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Goodbye. Thank you for inviting me to ask questions and inviting me on the show. And it was great to meet you, Leah. Great questions and great conversation. Yes. Nice meeting you too. All right. Take care, you guys. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gastic. My co-host today was Leah from 389X in the Bronx. She was assisted by Destiny. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car. This episode was produced by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.